Cup, and we are broadcasting from the Greenhouse Booth at HR Tech. That's 7116 if you're here. And I've got both Tim and Mark. We're going to be talking about interviewing, so let's do some interviews or introductions first. Mark, introduce yourself. Well, what would you say you do here? <laughs> what do I do? Um, yeah, thank you, William, and hello, everyone. My name is Mark Simpson, uh, and I'm the founder and CEO of Pillar which is an interview intelligence platform. So what? thank you for picking the topic. No, no worries. I appreciate it. I saw you walking by and I'm like, you know what? What could be, what could Mark, what can you talk about? Mm -hmm. He's kind of limited. So <laughs> we started with interviewing. Tim, what about yourself? What are you doing? Uh, I'm just trying to like, like you know, can we, like we had to bring an English guy on when we're having like the conversation, like, like having that accent. Somebody's like, got to sound it out. like we're completely retarded, you know? Can we say well, that? Well, we've, re we've torn their language apart. <laughs> actually, be like, actually, like, no, we're beeping that. We're beeping that. No, no. We have, we, we took a beautiful language and completely ruined it. Yes. Yep. Have you not heard Tim's voice? He's got such a great radio voice. Agreed. Can you not hear this right no, now? No, it's just the mics. It's He's got great mics. It's a face for radio. It's a face it for radio. <laughs> so Tim Sack at TimSacker.com. I'm an analyst and advisor, uh, angel investor. Um, I run a staffing firm. And I got my, every time we're at a conference, I'm on a podcast with William. <laughs> It's just a, it's it's becoming a bit now. Yeah, we're just gonna be able to go back forty years from now and then just go. Okay, this is when we talked. This is when we we're here. All right. So, Mark, first things first. Can you remember a time where a candidate asked you a question that you really thought was awesome, uh, really thoughtful, just kind of not not necessarily a knockout question or not necessarily one that stumped you, but one that kind of made you sit back and go, "That's a really cool question." Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually interviewing a lot at the moment. So okay. We're hiring. We're uh -oh. hiring uh -oh. right now. Um, I'm trying to think of an example, but yes, I remember sitting back after an interview last week, um, and I appreciate when a candidate asks me a question that's relevant after doing a lot of research. So they know the company, they know the role, and they're asking something intelligent about the role itself. So in this case, um, they are um, uh, interviewing for our senior enterprise account uh, executive um, position, our senior sales position. Um, and they've just done a, a ton of research about not just the role, but what we're like as a company, what stage we're at as a company. And they were asking questions around um, you know, what it's really like to be in the job, but with knowledge around, uh, around the job as well. And I just appreciate that when someone has done their research and they ask good questions, it really shines. Yeah. And I'm very, very big on asking good questions. I actually assess people on the level of and the quality of questions they ask, how many questions they ask, right. and, uh, and, the, and the depth they go into. So it's part, it's part of my assessment of them, so very, very important. I love that. Tim, how about yourself? The best one I've ever gotten um, was somebody really wanting to know, like, what am I? What are you going to do for my career in terms of, like, hey, I'm going to take this job. It's great. I think I'm going to perform well. But as a leader, and you be my supervisor, how are you going to help me become better in my career, right? Around talent development yep. and all those things. And there's a little part of that, like you're as a man, like a person interviewing, you're only go, well, that seems cocky, you know. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, like you're like, but that's a great question. Legit. Because if I if I don't have any answer to that, I'm just not a good manager of people, right? So it's not a good leader. So I do. So I, I appreciate it, but you have to have yourself prepared when you ask somebody. Do you have questions that they actually might ask you some real questions? You know. What have you had candidates that have had no questions? Oh yeah. 
Is there, is there a judgment at that point? There, there is a judgment if that ever happens. I can't remember the last time that happens, but I have had a candidate ask me like one or two questions. Yeah. And that's pretty unimpressive if you're speaking to yeah. someone who is going to manage you or someone who's running the company. You would think that they might have some thoughts and questions around. And if you don't, yeah. why are we here? Exactly. Yeah. I've, you know, I've, you know the crazy part of content. And you, I mean, William, you're a master at content. Like. We can sit there, like we could go right now and say, what's our favorite interview question? And we'll put in something out with the top three interview questions from HR Tech. It would get the most clicks of anything here. Yeah. Like everyone loves interview questions. And I think it's so funny because we rarely ask about the candidate question because we all want to know what question can we ask to get the most out of our interview or whatever. I think it's hilarious that we look at that. So how do we get past, and because you have a staffing firm, you've got all these recruiters that work for you and you're obviously recruiting and you have customers that you're guiding and, and helping with. How do we get past the kind of the, the resume or the LinkedIn profile? How do y'all dig into what's not being said or not said correctly or whatever? Like how do you, how do you advise people to, to kind of get past the resume? I, I want to know two things because I still think most of our jobs, it's one thing if you're like a heart surgeon, I want you better be trained. I don't want you to, to cut on me because you can get, can you, you can learn the job, right? <laughs> most of the jobs we have, people can learn. What I want is passion. So I want them to be passionate about anything. So I want to know, like, tell me something you're passionate about. And by the, and I'll, and I'll preface it with like, don't say it like your career or your yeah, stupid yeah. job you're in or whatever. Working right? hard. Like in, because, and then I want to dig into, well, then how do you get better at that passion? What are you doing in terms of developing yourself around that passion? Because somebody might go, oh my gosh, I love recruiting. Recruiting's my life. And I'm like, okay, what do you do? And they're like, well, I come to work every day. <laughs> and I'm like, I show up. <laughs> I'm like, you know, so you're, are you writing about it? Are you reading about it? Who do you follow? Who do you listen to? What do you, how are you developing yourself? And they're just looking at you like, I watch Netflix at night. And like, you know, you're just like, no, you're an idiot. <laughs> you you don't, don't get the job. You don't get the job. You, I'm sorry. That's a poop. That's when I go immediately, do you have any questions? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't? You know what? Let's save each other some time here. <laughs> when an interview lasts 10 minutes with Tim, it's not a good sign. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It's a well, my entire team knows as soon as I go, do you have any questions? Like, they, like I shut them up. Like, no, I've already yeah. made my decision. Yeah, so we're, we're already fast-tracked. If you could just have a square in the floor where it's cut out, you just buy a button. We'll send you a letter. What about yourself? How do you get past the uh, the resume or the LinkedIn profile? How do you get your folks past it? Yeah, we, we do do we do do um, one round of interviewing, which does go into depth in kind of like their background and their experience right. and just kind of understanding. And it's the way they talk around things. Um, I tend to not not to do that stage. If someone's coming into an interview with me, they need to be prepared to explain why they're still in the process with us, what's interesting them, what's interesting oh, them about cool. Pillar. Um, and there are really good and really bad answers to that question, oh, yeah, by yeah, the yeah. way. 100%. You, you can really, really understand that. Um, <laughs> Y'all keep the, calling me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm not really looking. Well, that's not a good answer. Um, Pillar? Oh, I thought this was a different company. Sorry, my bad. Um, and then I, I actually go quite a bit in depth into like what drives that person, um, right. you know, what, why they approach things the way they do and, uh, you know, what they're like at, you know, in terms of their core and their competencies and the, the traits of someone to, to work with, because it's so important to get that, that team fit. So that's my role in our interview process. We run a pretty structured process, as you may imagine, running an interview intelligence company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to drink your own Kool-Aid, right? Turns exactly. Out. Turns out. All right, so advice that you give clients or yourself or your team on reducing bias in the hiring or interviewing process. Like, I, personally, I don't believe that we'll ever get to a point where there's no bias. It's just a personal take. 
I believe it's kind of a, a game of how do you get to unraveling that to find out what other biases are out there and kind of mitigating. But what's your take on bias and how do you kind of coach people around reducing bias? Yeah, there, there, are, there are definitely easy steps to take. Right. Um, so there, there's, there's a whole, whole range of ways to do it, but the first place to start is just standardize your interview process. Give everyone the questions you want to ask at their stage of interview, give them a scorecard against it, and start listening to the candidate's skills um, and actually scoring the skills against it. And that, that's, um, that's the very best way to make people actually think about what are the candidate skills, how am I going to score that, and how do they compare to other candidate skills, removing the bias, their background, what they look like, all these other things. So, right. um, so it's, a, it's a really simple first step, or sounds simple first step. Um, there are technologies around to make it simple now, um, and it's the most effective way that we've seen in reducing uh, Just the bias. a quick follow-up, giving them the interview questions in advance, the candidates? Uh, giving the interviewer Got the interview it. questions. Okay. Yeah, sorry, okay. I should have been clearer. No, no. Um, so on email in advance, and then just serving them up in, in the interview itself. Right. Yeah. Right in a standardized way. Exactly. So everybody's judged equally. Yeah. Apples to apples. Tim, what about yourself? I hire more pretty people. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Really, the only it's it's proven. It's a lot gotta, of you either gotta be it. really smart or pretty. I don't know. One Pick one. Yeah. I to yeah. me. So I I, w I was on a panel with um, a Stanford professor of AI. And he made a simple statement, which was, we don't want to believe this, but every time you add um, a human in a process, you increase bias. Every time you add AI into a process, you decrease bias. So trust your technology that you've paid money for, that you've invested in. Oh, we want to believe our hiring managers, or we want to believe our people over our science and over our technology. And I'm like, on a one-to-one -one potential, you might have an argument there, right? But right. over a long-term, over hundreds and thousands Lots of, of hires yeah, yeah. and interviews, like it's the data in the in the science is always going to win, so you yep. have to trust it. Even though sometimes you, your gut is telling you it's not right, it's still long term. You're going to be overall better and reduce as much bias as you can. Like I think, for me, the panacea is that would be actually do we actually know the bias we have? We're oh. not going to reduce it, but, but if we know it, at least then we can mitigate some of right. it, right? And know that we're doing it. I, I agree. I, I got some stats on that as well. Uh, in the. Um, until people are told, until people are told that bias creeps in, we see that um, across our platform, women are given 25% more questions, 20% less time to ask them. Oh, that's insane. That is, is. That is a, that's an amazing stat. That just hurts. <laughs> I know. I remember you've told me that before, and it's just like I think of high jumps. For is that whatever. just the pretty women? Yeah. No, just <laughs> no, no, no. We, we, I, we don't measure that one. <laughs> I think of I think of hurdles for some some reason. My mind every time you tell me that bit, I think the hurdles like we just we just increase the height of the hurdle. Yeah. Oh yeah. We made the hurdles way closer together. It's like yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I mean, just hurdle yeah, like the yeah, other guy. Yeah, you're yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. good. So okay, current take, Tim, on resume gaps. So again, you're coaching your own team and your clients and things like that. I've gotten a range of answers today on on resume on gaps in employment, all the way from yeah, not a thing, who cares, to um, someone actually said that's actually an opportunity, where other people are going to discount that person. That's actually I want to dig in there and find out is that something that I should be looking for. So I've gotten a full range, but what's your take on I, resume gaps? I get a lot of candidates at cold call that have a bad, like they, they're in their mind to bad resume gap. They don't see it as an opportunity to, to right. tell their story and to like, you know, kind of show the learning that happened from that. Even if it's a negative, I got fired because I'm a bad performer or, right. or whatever, right? right? 
And so I try to tell people like, you need to develop that story and then you need to tell that story to somebody that doesn't like you. Right. Not to people that love you, because they're like, oh my God, that's, no, that's a great you story. You know, when you both decided not that you not didn't have a job any longer, that <laughs> seems very like legitimate. And you're just like, we, I mean, literally, I'm at a dinner last night, and someone was like, well, yeah, you know, we, it was a mutual decision. No, Wait a minute. The mutual decision was you not getting paid, yeah, yeah. and then they hired somebody else. That's not a mutual decision. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, but if that happens to you, you have to say, like, hey, here's what I, here, and again, it could be, I understand, like I got terminated for performance. Right. But I had a, a, a boss that we didn't see eye to eye. Yeah. I have all of this past performance that, that was, was killing that it was, over that, here. That was killing it, right? And you build a story that seems relatable and that you're not embarrassed about. And I think that's where then people, like you said, the opportunity in the interview is that they're like, well, gee, this person has high self-insight. They're learning from Somebody this. Somebody that's been reflective. Yeah. yeah. And instead, people try to, like, they try to do the thing where they hide it, and they'll go, oh, well, it was a COVID. And you're yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's, that was three yeah. years ago. Yeah, like, I don't think it's COVID any longer. Yeah. You know? That was actually 18. Yeah. <laughs> Can you... There's a joke by a comic named uh, Earthquake, and he has a bit about allergies. He's like, not everything can be allergies. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so my wife, she's in Greece. She's telling me this. She's like, my eyes, you know, I think it's allergies. I'm like, not everything's allergies, baby. <laughs> Anyhow, what's your, t- what's your take on gaps in resumes or LinkedIn profiles, et cetera? I'm actually sat here wondering who Tim would, uh, who Tim would run his gaps in his resume past. Uh, he doesn't like. Who, who, who would you go to, Tim? Oh, oh <laughs> gosh, I don't know. Um, I get that there's people out there that don't like me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we just go through the comments on some of your articles. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Those are easy. I know. You can find those folks. Well, William and I have talked about this, Mark, and I, you and I haven't yet, but my, my second book's coming out in April. In the back cover, instead of quotes of people that, like, Tim's the most masterful writer ever, <laughs> I'm just doing mean tweets. Oh, yeah. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, well, yeah, look, I, I mean... I'd love to be controversial and just disagree with Tim. Maybe I'll approach it from a, from a slightly different angle. I, I think resume gaps are fine as long as you have a real, authentic, honest reason for it that you right. can talk through. Right. Um, and that's the most important part. I, I don't mind a gap in a, in a resume at all. Um, I don't think anyone should mind a gap in a resume. I think that people taking gaps to travel or, or, or you know, all these kinds of reasons which Reflect. just add to their, their life experiences are actually a really positive thing. Um, and, uh, you know, my head of customer success has had um, a gap after every job that he's done right. uh, of a year. Um, and I love it. He's gone traveling. He knows the world. He's, he's very well-rounded. And he crushes his job as well. So um, there, is, there is nothing wrong with the resume gap as long as you have a, um, a really um, honest um, appraisal of why, why it happened and you can talk through it. Someone told me this years ago. If you don't tell your story, someone else will. So it's like being a part of that, yeah. just being active with it. Like, I love your example of like, hey, I got fired, and here's why. Like, let's just get into it. And yeah. you know what? If this is going to be the barrier of you saying no to me, okay. We might as well get it out right now. Let's just let's get not to waste it. each other's time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get that there shows, faster. Shows a lot of strength of character, a lot of openness and honesty. I like yeah. it. Yeah. So what's your current take, uh, Mark, on skills, the way that we look at skills and transferable or tertiary or just, you know, the... We, we look at skills, and then we say, they, okay, these are the skills that the job needs or in the job description, but these are the skills that a person has. How do we evaluate? How do we make sure that we're making the right decision around skills? 
Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, such a good question because we're going through a time where you're going to have to look at skills more and these skills are going to have to morph into something else very, very quickly over the next few years. So, right. like, such a, such a pertinent question. Um, really, it, it's, um, this, there are key skills that are going to have to come through over the next few years. Things like the ability to learn, the ability to change, the ability to morph and adapt it to new environments, um, and the importance of certain skills, the skills to absolutely be able to do the job right now, are going to become less important to those right. other skills as to can you grow in new directions and are you, are you open to learning? So right. um, I think that, I mean, certainly we've kind of changed in that direction. I think a lot of companies are changing that in that direction as well. And having the ability to assess those skills um, and hire off the back of those skills is, is more and more important now and will become more important than ever. Tim? I'm sick of skills. I'm sick of skills because we think that skills is a panacea of what we're trying to get to, right? right. And again, I like incrementally, if it makes us make a better hire, I'm all for it. Right. But we've gone right ditch to left ditch where it's like, it doesn't matter what your education, doesn't matter what company you work for, doesn't matter your title or what you did. It only matters your skills. And I'm like, that's a lie. <laughs> that's a lie. If I'm, if I'm a GM and I'm trying to hire an electrical engineer and I have two guys that can code exactly the same, but one worked at Tesla for five years and one worked at John Deere, guess who I'm hiring? Yeah. The Tesla guy, because that, yeah. that's a legitimately better experience than what the guy building the tractor right. has, right? right. And we want to act like that doesn't matter and shouldn't matter. Yeah. It does matter. I'm hiring a full person. Somebody goes to a local, you know, East West Missouri State or someone went to Harvard, the level of network that they're brought is completely different, right? right. Now, so I, you can't discount it. Now, do I want to make sure everyone has the skills? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Are we, are we having to like... You're good. No, it's all, right. all separated. Out. I thought maybe we'd have to like, you know, evacuate the building that's going on. Nope, nope, nope. You're good. <laughs> all right. I, I, I agree with you, Tim, but I, I also would say that you can't discount skills too much. I no. think it's re really important. You still got to be able to do the job. You, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. if you went to like Harvard and whatever, I'm like, I'm not hiring you just because of that. Like, you 100%. better have the skills. 100%. But we want to go, if you have the skills, then it's just whoever has the better skills. And I'm like, well, sometimes those are so close. I might have four or five people where their skill difference is so close. Now I have to look at the other pieces of their total right. portfolio. Right? Right. Correct. I really like, I like, I like your take in terms of the skills now, skills next. Yeah. Cause that's, that's really cool because yeah. it's like, okay, I've been doing this job for 20 years. I've got these skills. Like that's cool. Check. So you have the skills now. Will you be able to be agile and do the skills next. That's harder to Determine, assess for, yeah. but uh, I think it's super important, so good call. Yeah. Look at where we were 18 months ago. No one had heard of a, la a large language model. Yeah. Right. No one even heard of it. What's that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I still don't know what it is. I do think like that's one of those things that we don't talk about and we can't assess for, which is this agility to learn. Yeah. Yep. I think learning agility is one of the like most underrated skills that we like are out there because I can bring people that have the right passion for my brand, the right passion for the job. Yeah. And if you have this a bit like a great high agility to learn, you can do almost any job in the country. Mine's consumption of uh, ambiguity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, if they can consume ambiguity because everyone does it at a different rate. I can I can deal with that because I can teach them anything, most yeah, things. Most things. I gotta I gotta have someone that can consume that ambiguity. All right, two last questions. One is, is about your current take on ghosting. So again, I've gotten the spectrum of yeah, not a thing. Who cares? It's been around forever. Why are we even talking about it? To yeah, it should never happen. 
So somewhere in that range, what's your what's your current take? Again, candidates ghosting hiring managers or recruiters, recruiters the hiring managers ghosting candidates. What's your take? I mean, recruiters ghosting candidates should never happen. In, yeah. in my opinion, they're they're there as professionals in a job, and they they uh, they. It's rude. It, it yeah. reflects badly on the company. It reflects badly on themselves. Um, and I, I take a fairly sort of stubborn approach to that. And Tim's disagree with me on every question, so he's probably going to disagree with me oh, on 100%. that as well. So. That's his job. Um, uh, go, ghosting by candidates is an unfortunate thing, which you, you just have to learn live with now. Um, and candidates don't feel much repercussion from it. So um, you can either moan about it or you can suck it up and just get on with it, and it's always going to happen. Um, wow, we get, we are going to completely disagree on this. <laughs> this is amazing. This is great. This is good for Avad. He does it on purpose. He does it on purpose. So for opinion. me, if you're a candidate, there's no reason you should ever ghost an interview or a job. You should be able to tell somebody like, hey, I just decided to go another direction. There's no, there's absolutely zero reason. What I hate is the recruiters that go or the candidates that go, well, they ghosted us so we can ghost them. Like mm, two no. wrongs don't make a right. My 100%. grandma would say that all the time. Um, I disagree a little when that you have a candidate that can go use AI or just go on Indeed and they can apply to 100 jobs and they can mass jam up an ATS. And now we would say, oh, I, a recruiter should never ghost a candidate because the problem is, is candidates believe they're being ghosted when they, they mass apply to a million jobs and then they get no feedback. And you're like, well, wait a minute. So to me, it's the level of where you're at in the process. If you interview a candidate, that candidate 100% of the time should hear from you either there's a next step moving forward, or thank you very much, we're not moving forward. One of those has to happen. There's no, again, no reason. It's right. black and white for me. Right. But I understand why candidates feel ghosted, but there's there's a, a data problem with that where I can only do so much as a recruiter. Now, and again, what we've, when we actually like interviewed candidates, they feel like when they get that automated email message that says thanks, no things, they don't consider that. Feedback. They, they, still, they still consider being ghosted when they get that. Yeah, and that's horrible because they got something. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to well, what it used to happen is your resume was in the folder or it was just a shredder at that point. Yeah. All right, last question. And this is because we said kind of a favorite question that you've heard from a candidate kind of got you to think, etc. So we're not necessarily horror stories, however. I, uh, I had a, years ago, I had a, kind of leadership position that I was, we were filling. And uh, we got pretty far in the process. Out to lunch, you know, kind of a good bit. Guy takes his teeth out. Ooh. And put, and put them on the table. Now, I didn't really care. And, you know, like, it's like, it has nothing to do with the competencies of the job. Like, I don't it's not, not really a big deal to me. The entire team shut down. They just could. They could not move forward. I couldn't get seven other people to go forward with this guy because of the teeth. You're like, oh, are you still talking about the teeth guy? Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Were they? Were they go for a customer facing role? <laughs> no, it was, it was a CRO. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It, yeah. Well, in the customer facing role, I can I kind of empathize with your team a little bit. Though, right? yeah. 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 Mine was as I as I talked to the team about it. I'm like, if he would have communicated prior to that, if he would have told you, hey, I've I've got this thing in a car accident, anyhow, my teeth, so that I can actually chew and all this other stuff. I'm going to take on my teeth. Is that going to freak anybody out? Are we okay? Yeah. I can go into the bathroom, whatever it takes, this, that, and the other. Would that have changed your mind? No. 
At least they were honest with me. They're like, no, teeth guy. Teeth, no, teeth, teeth guy, guy still out. Teeth guy not working here. I'm like, uh, bias. Oh See, there's that bias coming in. Yeah, yeah. hiring bias against teeth guy. Yeah. Anyhow, so not necessarily a horror story, but a bad candidate experience, either that you personally had or that had someone coming through your process had. Um, well, let, 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 let me turn it back and see what, what you two would, would do with, with this scenario. So I had a scenario where I was interviewing a lady a few years back um, for a role, and with the interview was going fairly well. We were about two-thirds of the way through it, and then she suddenly breaks down and cries. She had some stuff going on in her personal life that something, a question or something triggered, um, and she broke down and cried, had to stop the interview. What, what, what do you do? Well, I'm, I'm horrible at this, so I would have shut down. So I, I would have personally, just knowing myself, I would have, the right thing to do is to have empathy and say, how can I help? First of all, let's not think about the job, the interview and the company and all this other stuff. What can I do to be helpful at this particular moment? Now that's the right thing to do. I would have not done that. I would have probably found a way to get myself out of the room, go to the bathroom, leave the office, go play Nintendo, something else, because I just, I, I'm just horrible at those things. I've found that I'm, I can't, you'd like to think that you rescue the kid out of the car, the burning car. Yeah, I, I'm not that guy. Don't, don't, don't get in an accident with William. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> absolutely horrible. Saving but, himself. But does, does that now rule the candidate out for you, I guess, is more the question. Right. I would, I would have shut down. Yeah. It would have shut me down. What about yourself? I turned into life coach at that point. And like at that point, I'm no longer the interviewer. I'm no longer trying to like try to figure out if you're going to be good for this job. I'm just worried about you as a human, and I'm going to life coach you up a little for the next job because you're not getting this one. I mean, like it's that's pretty clear. I was going to say she's so nice, but that ship sailed. <laughs> the, the ship, you see that ship that's going? Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the ship you were on? It's left. Yeah, got it. So that was the bit? Yeah. Wow, that's a tough one. That's a tough one on a lot of levels. How did you handle it? Uh, with, with empathy, as you you would say, as, a, try, as you should, try and yeah. try and uh, bring a little bit of that in, and just kind of understand things. And the interview ended there; like we weren't going to carry on with the right, interview, right, 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 obviously. Right. Um, you they, didn't you didn't cry though. I didn't cry. I didn't cry as well. Then that would have been awesome. If you could turn that on oh, yeah. and just start crying when I they're know. crying, like that would have been awesome. Your sadness makes me sad. Oh no! <laughs> just now we're just gonna have a big fast. Like I'm we're just emotionally empty. <laughs> what about yourself? I'll give a personal one. So I, um, when I interviewed for Applebee's for an HR position, they put me through nine straight hours of interviews. Oh yeah, and cool. took me to dinner. By the time I got to At dinner, Applebee's? yeah, did they no, take you to an no, Applebee's? No, no, we went to a Bravo actually. They <laughs> took you to a Chili's. <laughs> yeah. No. By the way, we did a lot of that kind of stuff. Anyways, that would have been funny. So get to get to the, the actual dinner, but it's not. It's still going. Like they were masterful at asking questions oh, and yeah. getting you to talk. Oh yeah. I lost my voice. Like I literally could not talk. Yeah, I literally could not talk. Oh, that's genius. And I'm trying. Like there, at a point, it just became laughable because I'm like, you guys asked me so much, I ran out of voice. Like I could not. I answer. got nothing left. Yeah. I got nothing left. And so I I'm get gonna home. start using paper. Yeah. <laughs> I get home. My wife's like, "What do you think?" I'm like, "I have no idea. I have no voice." <laughs> You start to use hand signals at that point. <laughs> Get a chalkboard out. Here's what I think went well with so, the interview. And you'll love this piece of it. So they actually, the, the person who ended up being my boss, I, I did get hired. She drops me off, and I was staying at a friend's house. I'd flown into a different city for the interview. They didn't know that. They thought maybe I, they were taking me to my house, right? Right, right. And at the time, and this is years and years ago, so I'm not sure who the Republican candidate was for governor in that state, but my friend had that sign up in their yard. <laughs> 
And the person that was driving me happened to be a conservative. Again, I had no, no, none of this. Yeah. And she goes, the moment I dropped you off at your house, I knew I was going to hire you because of that stupid political <laughs> sign. <laughs> wow. Huh. Well, it worked out. It was a 50-50. <laughs> I know. Boom. I know. It's so funny. Oh, that's greatness. Guys, I could talk to you forever. I know you all got stuff to do. Thank you so much for carving out time for us. Thanks and for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. And until next time, thanks for everyone listening. Thank you.